The big question is this. How are real estate entrepreneurs like us, who spend money from our own pockets to build a brand, generate leads, and deliver value to our clients, how do we do all of that and still earn our next million dollars in income? If you want actionable strategies to get to your next million, keep listening. If you want it faster, go to kingstonlane.com forward slash million. Welcome to the Kingston Lane Podcast. Hey everybody, it's Sharon Srivata. Welcome to the Kingston Lane Podcast. Today I'm with two amazing investors and we're going to talk about uh, two secrets. Okay. One from each of you on something that you guys have learned investing in what hundreds and hundreds of deals in the last 10 plus years, millions of dollars borrowed, invested, made and lost. Yeah. Right. And what you have got is very few people get to see. And the reason I like to do this is because not a lot of people get to have this conversation. And I want to uh, let me introduce uh, you guys here. So Jesse Rodriguez, um, broker, owner, CEO, investor, husband, father, and uh, the, the king of vintage flip. Uh, let's talk. Let's talk about you've done. You've seen everything. You've seen the REO. You've seen the courts up. You've seen like small flips, big flips, you've seen wholesaling. From all the stuff that you have learned, what stands out from an experience perspective for you? What stands out from an experience perspective that you're like, hey, that's a lesson that I wish I had learned sooner? I think that growing bigger is not always growing better, right? So like quantity over, over quality. When I was big into my growth years of trying to just do more and more, when you're flipping and you're investing, you're chasing like I want to do 10 flips this year, 20 flips, 30, 40, 50. And I got lost in trying to do more numbers and more volume than trying to do quality deals, more profit, being more efficient, yeah. right? Cause that's where the money's really made yeah. and it's taking your time and doing it right so that it sells within the first five days on yeah. the market and not just chasing multiple deals to be able to come on a great podcast like this and say, I flip 50 houses a year. It's no, I want to sit here and be like, I made $2 million a year. We're actually sitting right? in one of your investments right now with our good friend, Andy Stavros. And you're like, Hey, I need it. I need like four more days to get this right. That's right. It's I, and I would say, I think that was growth that happened to me in the last year where I would have rushed to put this on the market because I, my brain would have said things like we're mid July, summer's going to be over. I'm losing my opportunity for buyers. Right. Right. And instead now I'm saying, slow down, Jess, those baseboards aren't perfect. Right. The walls aren't perfect. Let's get this on the market so we sell it on that first open house weekend, then get it on the market to rush. It doesn't sell for two weeks and then we're doing touch-ups for a week right. to then try to sell it. Right. So I think it's been a big just like, let's slow it down. And, and what I'm realizing is by slowing down, my efficiency level is increasing, so I think I will still hit those levels. Yeah. I'll still hit the volume that I thought, yeah. but it's less frantically. So there's a lot of, uh, this is really good when you talk about slowing down, there's a lot of folks out there that have listen to folks like you saying, hey, listen, you can still pick up an investment deal as an agent. And you tell agents all the time, especially agents in your office, you're like, hey, I appreciate you selling homes, but like, I'm, I want you to build your, your, your portfolio. For an agent out there that has not bought a deal yet, okay. that has not done their own first flip yet, that has been eyeing this, that, is wanting, that, is, that wants to do one, but has been putting this off. Like, what is that piece of advice you would give them that says, okay, I've been thinking about this for five plus years now. How do I do my first deal? Like walk me kind of through that. Well, so it, it's, it's either you don't have knowledge on how to do it or you don't have the capital, right? It's either money or education. It's right. always the two things. Right. So money's out there, right? You can get a private loan. You can partner with someone. 
Yeah. Education comes. Um, you know, this deal was done with a great friend of ours who came across this opportunity. He sells hundreds of houses a year as a realtor. His commissions are bigger than the than the than <laughs> the profit this is going to be. But he had a great opportunity, and he called me and said, "Do you want to do this together?" Right. I'm like, I would love to do this together. Yeah. So he's part of the flip. We've been throughout the whole de design process together. Yeah. He's had a ton of input, right? Because this is his market. Um, and we're finishing off this beautiful product that we could both be proud of and we're both going to make money. Yeah. Right. On the next one, he doesn't need me. He didn't need me on the first one. Yeah. But yeah. everybody's a little bit scared. Yeah. Right. Like I'm still scared when I jump into a deal. Right. If my, my average price point is 700 grand, now I buy my first 1.3, I'm nervous. Yeah. Right. So if you're out there and you've bought zero deals and you buy your first 500,000, it's okay to be nervous. Find a partner. Right? For the education, find a money partner, but get in and do it. Because if you if you live your whole life as a realtor and you sell thousands of houses yeah. through your career and you haven't bought real estate for yourself and held on a rental property, that's the only retirement we have. Yeah. Right? So you get yeah. in here, get this big pop, flip a house, make thirty, forty, fifty, a hundred thousand dollars, and then move that money into a duplex. Yeah. And let that sit there for the we got twenty five more years in this game, yeah. so let it get paid off, and then you got seven, eight thousand bucks of cash flow income. I, I actually would suggest this before I, and Robert, I have a lot of questions for you, but I actually suggest if you're in the Southern California market right now, uh, especially in the, you know, kind of the, the Inland Empire, LA market, I would just bring Jesse a deal and I would just watch how he does it. Just do one, like get paid to learn. You don't even need to make a penny. Just watch the process because I think familiarity builds confidence. Yeah. Once you go through the process of actually saying how it's unwritten, how it's acquired, hey, what does two and nine mean on the points of interest? How do you actually make it work? How do you actually flip it and sell it? And how did it break after? Like my first deal, everything broke. Everything. I mean nothing. Yeah. But that familiarity gave me a ton of ton of confidence. Yeah, education. Yeah. Um, Robert, so you, Jesse talked about this and he says, hey, you know, I've got this. $1.3 million deal. You're like, you're not even, you have a lot of the last like 10 deals you've done. None of them, like the lowest one was probably a one five buy. Yeah. And so you do a lot of high end stuff and you've done, you've done fixes and flips, several hundred of them uh, across uh, Southern California. You've invested in trust deeds. You're looking at multifamily. Most recently you guys have really perfected the two to 5 million product space that looks just, you build amazing product. Thank you. So in your experience, as an investor, what is like one lesson that you wish you had learned kind of looking back? Yeah, I'd say it's two part. Um, and uh, you know, you, you've been definitely work, uh, instrumental in helping me identify these, um, these two things. The, the first one would be to, whether it be your realtors you work with, the contractors, anyone up and down the line, even your escrow officer, set a high standard, <laughs> stick to that standard, um, and don't be afraid to, uh, once you've specified what that standard is, call people on yeah, it to make sure that things don't break. Right. Um, that's extremely important. Uh, the second piece uh, would be just creating process so that you can make things, um, you know, you can duplicate things time and again. Right. If you, you know, get through the hard work, uh, you know, I, I remember um, reading uh, something you wrote about, you know, we can hack this for now, but let's go back and fix it. Right. Otherwise, it's just life becomes one big hack. You can make plenty of money along the way, yeah. but if it's all based on hacks, you can lose it just as quickly because you've right. never really identified what, you know, your core competencies, you know, where you could get other people involved yeah. to outsource things. Um, there's a lot of benefits long-term yeah. on standards and, and having process. Yeah, so the interesting part, both of you said this, which is, yeah, you could go find a deal. Yeah, you could go get the money. But Jesse, you said this, hey, like slow down and deliver that 
promise yeah. that you had. And yeah. Robert's talking about the same thing. Hey, I, I got this deal in place. I still need to deliver this promise. Everyone thinks that, oh, I can just fix and flip. Flip seems hacky. But yeah. The, the, I just flip, oh, I'm just going to flip it. But the, the, there is a quality component to that flip, which Absolutely. is super important, yeah. which is what we stake our reputation on every single time, right? right. Yeah. Um, I want to finish up with one myth. This myth is interesting. And I think, Jesse, when I'm with you and I'm with Robert, we talk about this every single time. And the myth is, oh, I can't find the deals because I don't have access. Sharon, I don't have access to off-market stuff like you do, right? And all right, Jesse, you, tell me, you, you talk about this. You said of, you have 55 plus deals live on the MLS right now on stuff that you've bought and are either listed or under contract or in, in some active process. Yeah. Where did you find these? Where did I find? Where did you find all these deals? All the deals that I, that I have most of the, almost all most of the deals. I'd say seventy five percent, and this is a factual number. Yeah, comes from the MLS still, which is amazing, right? MLS, like Sharon, I have a bunch of houses that I sell for clients as well, right? right? Like I have a hedge fund client. I can't buy my own client stuff. Do you know in my own listings, there's usually two or three flips a month that <laughs> I have listed that other investors buy. Yeah, because I know because I can't right? right out of my relationship with them. So even I have listings that are good for flippers and I'm out there searching other people's stuff and finding flips. And you know, that's amazing. So Robert, even you uh, on the high end stuff, yeah. like you, 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 while you scour the MLS, there's some stuff that you miss. Absolutely. And an and agent brings you an MLS deal. Yeah. And you're like, first crazy that I didn't see this one, but thank you for bringing it to me. I'll pay you for bringing it to me, but there's deals on the MLS. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think the myth there is that everybody wants results now. And so a listing comes out, and of course it might be priced too high. Yeah. The seller's not ready to sell at this price. The realtor doesn't want to hurt their reputation, so they'll price it at a certain price. And it's not meant to sell at that price. It's probably going to trade down a couple of times. Somebody else is going to make an offer yeah. and then back out. That's how most of our deals in the last 10 years have come about. Even whether it be low end at like $100,000 or high end at $2 million, yeah. it's generally either you've gotten an inside edge um, or more likely it's selling at the true price after some time on the market. Yeah. So if you, if you continue to watch, there's, obviously, there's absolutely deals. Yeah. So the, the one last thing, let me just wrap this up. I think this one myth um, is a very agent-centric myth. And the myth is, hey, Robert's my client. Robert has a home listed, uh, listed for $3 million. And Sharon, the agent, is marketing this home. And so someone comes and looks at this home and is like, oh, I'm not offering $3 million for this. And they're like, well, don't offer anything under two seven because I don't want to insult my yes, investor. Right, and always. so, so what do you say to that when someone like, what do you say to an agent when they tell other people to write offers? Like, uh, we talked about this last week. My my verbiage now it's it's very crystal clear directly to them. We want all offers. I want I want it to be known on the MLS that all no offer is insulting. I yeah. want to see everything. Yeah, you know, data is is. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and, and to not have that, to have offers withheld or anything that might go on just because an agent is worried about pissing off, for lack of a better word, yeah. the uh, seller, I think that's nonsense. Yeah. So, so Jesse, on the uh, like offers, uh, you see properties all the time. You want to write an offer that is well below what is asking. Like, you do it. I do it. So, so kind of walk me through your mindset of just doing that. So, I mean, I, you know, I'll call the agent and I'll say, hey, I knew you have this property listed at 123 Main Street. You're asking 350000 I'm an investor. I was running my numbers. I'm going to present an offer at 270 I know that's going to seem low. You know, I'd love for you to present it to your seller. Just let them know that I am a 
valid, ready buyer. I don't know if we can work this out, but let, you know, and I'll get agents who will shut me down. I'm not, I'm going to throw it away. I'm not going to present it. That's so I, crazy. Yeah. You know, and, and you, and you get where they're coming from, right? right? That, cause that seller is going to probably take it out on the agent. Oh my God. I told you when I took this listing, I'm not going to take a, a dollar under 340, right? Um, so, so I, I asked them, you know, and I'll say, and I'll put a cover letter that's like apologizing to the seller, you know, that I'm not trying to insult anyone, but this is my business model. This is what I'm looking for. Good. And that, and that if there was ever a day or a need or a time that they need to let it go, right. And they don't want to wait anymore. Know that I'm there. I never have received an offer off the MLS or that I've purchased a home off the MLS and you get it day one. No. See, this is where everybody thinks like when they, when I say I get everything on the MLS and they go, that's not true. Yeah. Right is you can't assume you're going to submit an offer and get it accepted today when you're submitting 70,000 under. Yeah. I'm getting that offer accepted 60 to 90 days later after it went into escrow, fell out, went into escrow. Oh no, there's foundation problems. Yeah, that's it. Fell yeah. out. Yeah. Price drop, went into escrow, fell out. Price drop, went into escrow. Hey, call that freaking guy that submitted <laughs> that low ball offer. Maybe he's willing to play ball now. Right. Right. Or maybe he's willing to bump his price 15 grand. Let's make a deal happen. And that's when I get it. Yeah. You know, so I don't come from a place of like deceiving. I never work backwards. I don't submit high, then ask for price drops in escrow. Yeah. I give them the real number. I'm honest and upfront. And you know, the percentage, of, I mean, a percentage of the time it, it works. Yeah. I'm there. Someone has a need, right? There's a perfect seller and a perfect buyer. Yeah. And I'm just trying to be that person for the perfect seller. Well, and the crazy part is I actually believe this is a responsibility. Like just to wrap this up is a responsibility of the agent to actually bring this back in a situation like this. So in the, in the listing appointment, for example, uh, you know, I always tell agents, I said, hey, it's uh, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, it's my job to bring you an offer that you want at a price that you want, at the terms that you want. But the best way to bring you an offer that you want at a price that you want, the terms that you want, is to bring you every potential offer so we can evaluate it and they're all data points for us, yeah. right? And so if you frame that, you, and you, I'll say, hey, sometimes you may get an offer from an overseas buyer who has never seen something. It may be 25% over asking, but I'll tell you, there's a good chance that that person is writing a lot of offers and they're gonna bounce during the contingency period. Yeah. But at the same time, on the other end, you may get a ready and willing offer from someone like a Jesse Rodriguez who may be 25% under, but it is that's how their numbers work and that gives us a range to work with but every offer lets us get to that perfect offer yeah. are you okay if i start bringing you all kinds of offers because i'll just tell you what they are because it's my obligation to do that for you as a good advisor yeah. now you framed it yep right and i think the problem is they always think well Jesse and tina told me that they want a million <coughs> so if i brought them 975 like i look like like i'm not doing my job and that's a really terrible ad totally. yeah right and so and you, we all know this, an offer is way easier than no offer. Like an Absolutely. offer, I actually think without an offer, there's a good chance that the listing will expire. But mm -hmm. if an offer, you get even if you get three, the seller is gonna say, you know, Robert and Amy are gonna say, well, at least Sharon got us three offers. It was Absolutely. not perfect. Let's redo the strategy. Let's, yeah. re let's give him another shot because he did bring his offers. Yeah. So true. But if you don't bring any offers, you're like, what the heck, right? Yeah. So. Uh, I hope that was helpful to you. And by the way, uh, the, the two people that you need to follow, Facebook and Instagram, Jesse Rodriguez, Robert Pereira, I appreciate you guys being on. And uh, thank you for joining us. Well, and let, let them know if they have uh, any buyers. This is a brand new listing in Costa Mesa, College Park area. Reach out to Andy Stavros. He's the listing agent, my partner on the deal. Uh, it's a beauty. It's a beautiful home. <laughs> Andy. 
free shout outs, free marketing for you, my friend. <laughs> I appreciate you guys. And I'll see you on the next Kings Lane podcast. Do you want more real estate secrets? Then go get all our best kept secrets that agents around the world are using to win more listings, grow their teams, and make a fortune every single day. Go to kingstonlane.com forward slash secrets. That's kingstonlane.com forward slash secrets.